Hello, welcome to the GBHBL Whiplash. We got a special subject, sort of, not as a tribute, because what can we do as a tribute, but we're probably doing it earlier than we planned. We're gonna do a Pantera special, a band that's dear to both our hearts, and kind of following in the wake of um, Billy Paul's death a few weeks ago. Um, we were like, so we're always planning to do this. It's part of our, our eventual bands to cover in these one-offs that we do where we just focus on one band. But <clears throat> we probably wouldn't have done it as quick, I think. And it was like, well, you know, we want, we, we want to talk a bit more about it and the band as a whole and it influences on our lives. Yep. So it was kind of like, well, let's, let's do it now, really. And yeah, so Pantera, really. So the, we got to talk about, I think we got to start off with the first question that I already have my answer to that I think you will. Yeah. I'm you like, entered in at album five, didn't you? Uh, Cowboys yeah, from Hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, to me, that's, I know it's not, but it's Pantera's debut. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about this because you may not know, if, maybe you're thinking, what are you talking about, Cow album five? Um, Pantera had four albums in the 80s. Metal Magic, Projects in the Jungle, I Am the Night, and Power Metal. And this was a very different Pantera. Oh, yeah. Um, have you ever listened to them? Yeah, I have actually. I, I gave them a go a long I mean, time I'm ago a big as well. Pantera fan, so I was mm. like, "Oh shit, back catalog. Let's get on that." Oh shit, turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> what do you? Yeah, so what do you kind of make of that period? No, what albums? It, I mean, I, I can see why it happened. The, the timing of it, the years, you know, the glam. Yeah, because that's what it was. It was glam yeah. rock, kind of glam metal, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's horrid to be honest. It's screechy. They're all like a you know dime bag. I don't even know if it was dime bag or if it was just Daryl then. Um, they're all like uh, wearing tights, yeah. <laughs> you know, like colourful hair, jazzy um, glitter on their faces. Yep. Yeah, they look like a kind of slightly rockier version of like I don't know, like a Motley Crue or something like that. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Um, I guess you have to go. Do you? I don't even know if you do. I'm trying to because I because I love the band. I'm trying to like justify it. I'm like, well, maybe they had to do that to get to Cowboys as well. I don't think they did. Um, they don't join at all. They are like two different bands. They, they you know? it is. There's no like progression going on. Well, they had to go through these four to be able to get to Cowboys from Hell. It's like no, they didn't. So it's like at some point, I don't know what. Well, we know what. I don't want to say it, but I know what most people are gonna say. It. At some point, something changed that band. Yeah. That made them change their direction. Yeah. Um, and the the thing that really, whether you like it or not, is really the change in the lineup. Mm. Um, I guess more than anything else, which is uh, Phil becoming much more involved in the band. Mm -hmm. He was in the band previously. Yeah. That's the thing. I think a lot of people think that Phil came in at Cowboys from Hell, but he no, was no, no. previously. Yeah. But he became a lot more involved in the band. And uh, Terry Glaze. Yeah. There he is. Terry Glaze, who is actually the only other former member. It's one of those bands that didn't change members. Mm. Um, left the band. Yeah. So he was keyboards and stuff like that. Which so would make, make a change to the band. You know, if your keyboards and all that's not in the band anymore, yep. you probably do look and go, around right, we have to switch up our style a little bit here yeah or we try and find a keyboard player yeah. and it's like probably at that time it may not have been as easy to get a keyboard player I mean the bit I can't say with any guarantee of accuracy because it's only what I've read and a lot of what we read about these things are not they're always skewed um, I remember reading an article that claimed that the difference was that Phil up until the covers from Hell mm. was not a writer was not a songwriter in the band. Right. He, didn't, he wasn't credited for writing songs prior to that. Mm -hmm. He was like a vocalist brought into the band rather than a, a fully fledged member. Oh, right. He, he became, started getting songwriting credits, started writing songs and lyrics and stuff like that around the cab from the time. But I don't know if that's true or not. It's just another one of the billion articles I've read over my time. Oh, on but yeah, on Pantera, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's an interesting one because like I said it's such a drastic shift in sound. Yeah. Um, regardless if they might have been getting heavier in the glam rock days, it was still glam rock in a whole. And then you listen to Cowboys from Hell. Now, what I find interesting about Cowboys from Hell, because we're now, we're, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna go far into those four albums. Because truth be told, I ain't got much to say in it. I know I've listened to them in the past, but I certainly didn't give them time, and certainly had no bearing on my Pantera love yeah. at all. Um, and it's basically yeah, it's Cowboys, uh, Cowboys from Hell was their major label debut as well. Yeah. So they got picked up quick at that point. Yeah, um, and you know, uh, I'm assuming it's probably Nuclear Blast. No, it's not. It was oh, actually someone I've never heard of. Sorry, Roadrunner, I meant. But, uh. Attico Records. Oh, there you go. Well, they made a good move. Um, I guess who uh, I've never heard of them, but must have been a, yeah, a, uh, a major label at the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So even back then, so Di he wasn't Dimebag Daryl, he was Diamond Daryl. Diamond Daryl. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. So yeah, let's talk Cowboys from Hell. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Let's talk Cowboys from Hell. Um, not the best album. 
Oh, by, the, by the fantastic album. Oh yeah, uh, I wouldn't call it the best album. Yeah. What's your favourite song, Cowboys from Hell? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go all, like. You're cool. gonna go super. I'm gonna go cool Pantera because I, I already know I don't even need to look at anything. My my one is the art of shredding. I'm looking at domination. I'm looking at domination. Yeah, domination thinking it's great. fucking great. They some great songs on that album. Yeah, that's the um, thing. It, it, one thing you know you have to say about it. It's very highly polished still. Uh, it's not like a raw sounding. Like a Pantera became much rawer later. In yeah, that's time. true. It's still got it's that still, shine. It's, it's very shiny and polished. It has those little touches of glam. Yeah. Especially at the end of Cemetery Gates when mm. we do the guitar squeal versus Phil's high notes. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. So it has a little. It's much heavier. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's, it's glam or anything. But like there's that, certainly but, some influences yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as an album as a whole, it's twelve tracks long. Yeah. I mean, and from the. I wonder as well, like the first, if you, if you imagine you were a fan of the glam rock sound and that opening Cowboys from Hell kicks in, dude, yeah. you know, and it's the, like, what did you think? Yeah. Did you go, what the fuck? Or did you go, whoa? What have they done? You know, <laughs> yeah. Were you like that kind of shock? Um, it's weird because like I said, because of what followed, I don't know if to say, to say this is a forgotten album of theirs, but it's certainly, I don't think people talk about it in the same way anymore. No. Beyond I mean, the song, Cemetery Gates. And Cowboys from Hell, the song. Yeah. I think, I think them too. Um, yeah, there's not. I mean, there's a lot of songs on this album that I would. I mean, Domination is probably, like you said, is probably one of the better ones actually mm. on there as well. Primal Concrete Sledge is a good song. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff on there. There is. Um, it's certainly like not the perfect debut though. You know, like I, I don't look at that album and go, yeah, that's twelve classics there. No, 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 no. no. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a great album, strong album, start of something bigger. <laughs> you know, so it's a good foundation to work off of. Would. Would you say this was your entry point for Fantera? Uh, Do you remember this being the first album you heard of theirs? No, no, I don't. Uh, I think Vulgar Despair of Power was the first album I heard of theirs, mm. which would make sense because I would have been only nine when Cowboys from Hell came out. Yeah, 1990. Yeah, so, oh, nine, yeah, nine I would have been. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Vulgar Despair of Power and then going back to Cowboys from Hell. Okay, okay. And then you know, going back to Power Metal and then stopping going back and went forward quickly again. If you were to <laughs> review it right now for the site. Yeah. What score do you reckon you'd give it? 10 out of 10 because it's Pantera. Don't be... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, what would I give it? I think it would be like 8. I think it would be, yeah, 7s or 8s. 7s or 8s, It's hard yeah. one to say, right? Because if you were hearing this for the first time, it's the first time you hear Cemetery Gates, the first time you hear Domination, <sighs> Cowboys from Hell, you are going to be blown by that. Yeah, you are going to be blown away. And you might go, some of the songs aren't as good as these songs, but these songs carry this album anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think you're going to go low. It's no. easy now to go, oh yeah, because I've heard Cemetery Gates 10.5 billion times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you've noticed the nuances. But imagine that first time hearing, well, remember that first yeah. time hearing Cemetery Gates. Or, I think the first time, I'm trying to think if I can remember, I can't really remember the first time for any of these songs. I, don't, I, think, I remember the first time I properly became a fan of the song Domination though. Right. Because it wasn't from listening to this album, it was from the live album. Oh, oh. Because they oh. do uh, the split, like, uh, Domination Hollow. We will get onto that yeah. because we will talk about that um, live album for sure. I, I put my hands up to stop him talking stop, too much about um, because there's a good reason we're going to talk about that live yeah. album. Um, no, um, yeah, you're fascinated. You're absolutely right. I, I certainly can't. I, I, it, I can't. We talked about this before in a podcast, but I can't remember my entry point of thing. My influences would have been hearing you play this stuff yeah. because this would have been pre. Um, us probably having Sky back at um, mm, our parents oh yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So it would have been based off CDs yeah. and singles and stuff like that. And if we're talking singles, then ultimately Walk would have been it. Yeah. But one, I want to talk about a negative that I've never liked about Cowboys from Hell. Oh, go on then. Oh, the fucking, yeah, the fucking <laughs> cover. I can't, I think the cover is horrible. The cover of the album cover, the stand, the, the Western Saloon yeah, yeah. with them superimposed in it and Phil... <laughs> Jumping in the air off the yeah. bar, it, it looks stupid. No, you're right, it does look stupid. It's such a stupid thing to get a, like, pissy about, but yeah. I can't stand it. No, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, no, I don't disagree with you, it's not a great cover. I mean, I'll be honest with you, that wouldn't exactly say they're renowned for great covers. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, when you say great, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, fair point. I mean, yeah, they're not like uh, hiring like mad artists to go, no. go to town on it and come up with something unique and original. No. They're, they are what they are, and I think the one thing I will say about the covers, including Cowboys from Hell, as stupid and and ridiculous and cheap looking as it is, it actually does kind of put across Pantera because that is kind of what they were. But then they were stupid and silly and crazy in a bar jumping about. And all, I know. think I think if considering you call it Cowboys from Hell as well, yeah, and you you know you're in an oldie time saloon, but you're dressed as you are now. I mean, 
I think it fits the is album it? title. It's, it's silly. There's absolutely no getting away from that. Mm. Um, yeah, it makes no, it makes very little sense. Um, and like you said, they're not like a, anyone's gone to town to try and make the images look like they belong there. No, it's proper. Just like, I don't know if they did that on purpose. Like, yeah, like, was that just shitty Photoshop back in the day? Photoshop. <laughs> right. So let's talk about it then. The the Pantera defining album and probably one of the defining records yep. of groove heavy metal. You know how yeah. you want to call it. Sort of shit that um, influenced. Fuck knows how many bands. Yeah, like how many bands today exist because they listen to albums like this and thought, "I want to make a record." Uh, and it's the kind of thing where if someone ever comes to you and says, "Oh yeah, I don't like it," you go, "All right, fair enough. Yeah. Why?" If someone comes to you and says it's shit, you're like, "Well, no, you're clearly yeah, wrong. Shit. You're, you're an idiot." You might be like, "No, nah, I've heard it too many times," or you know, something like that. I get that. Or never been a fan. You might be terrorists. a fan of metal and not listen to a couple of songs on this and not go. These yeah. Good metal songs. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, if you said to me I'm sick of Warp I'd totally get it but if you weren't turning around and saying certain of the other tracks and stuff like that it, it's that clear thing where it's like yeah. you're saying it's shit you better have a damn good justification for saying it's shit because you're, you're I would automatically go well you're just saying that because you'll want to be yeah, one of those be, people you want to be cool yeah which I is weird I don't want to be cool I want to be a Pantera fanboy I, I, I'm alright with that. It's, it, it's I, 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 I trust me. I'm alright with their faults as well, and they have plenty of them. But, oh yeah, well, and no there doubt. are faults on this album. There are, but there's not many. This is, this is arguably the most complete. I genuinely, I mean, I, I, I believe, first time listen mm. back in the day, you'd struggle to not give it a ten. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and I mean, I'm thinking first time ever hearing it. The best I can do is go regular people. Maybe isn't as memorable, but then it's like. But then, by Demons Be Driven comes next, and, and hollow. Like, Holy shit! Yeah, like they, 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 there's oh yeah. yeah, it's just too, it's too good. It's, it's too good. Fucking hostile, Mouth of War. The first fucking six tracks on that album, Mouth of War, A New Level, Walk, fucking hostile, This Love and Rise. Yeah. Holy shit! That's what I'm saying. It's like a, it's pretty close to a perfect album. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, Best I'm saying it's pretty close is because I, like again it's not my favourite strangely enough but like uh, my best song my favourite song on there is probably By Demons Be Driven cool I love that song I love that uh, Beck and Nicole Beck and Nicole and then the guitar comes in yeah here's the thing about this album just do a karaoke session (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing about the whole Pantera thing I guess I should have mentioned it with um, Cowboys From Hell for a long time, it was only Cemetery Gates and Cabbage Hall that I remember ever really listening to mm. because I wasn't into heavy, heavy. I wasn't ready for it, so yeah. to speak, and so on. Um, and when what Walk, while it was heavy, was accessible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very accessible. So, again, even this album, I don't think it wasn't probably until many, many years later that I really gave it the time. And then I was like, all right, I like... Hell, I'm pretty sure people lumped songs like Walking and the new metal genre. Oh, for sure, back yeah. Back in the day. But, um... It's nowadays, like, if I look at it, I go, which one do I like the most? I'm leaning towards this love. Yeah. Because, yeah. But... I mean, that, that song, yeah, like, yeah, this is one of those albums in it where, like, you know, like, uh, By Demons Be Driven is my favourite. Mm. But, like, by, by a minuscule amount, because I also like this love and this and this and this. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, like, almost a toss-up. And it, it's just... I remember this love, like, being a powerful song when I was younger and you kind of teenage loves and all that sort of stuff man love. used to love it yeah like, bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant you know did you I, right so air the 20th anniversary edition bonus yeah. track Piss yeah I don't know this uh, I do know the song because it was also released on the the last studio album that came out of there when it was the greatest hits and it had a couple of extra songs oh, okay what was it called oh um Reinventing the Steel uh, uh, no that was an actual album wasn't yeah. it? it was called something like that though wasn't it I can't remember what it was. Oh, we'll probably get to it. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Yeah, there's an album basically. It was like it was like greatest hits and it had one or two unreleased songs. Oh, one, okay. One piss. Right. Okay. No, that one's definitely. Um, that it, one's it, good it's my not head. a bad song. It wouldn't have fitted on the album. Uh, like to be honest, it, you know, it would have been the weak song on the album. Mm. The song that made the, you give it a nine instead of a ten. So, interesting factoid about this: they were midway through recording the album. They were they stopped recording the album to go to. Russia, Free Monsters of Rock, 1991, to open for Metallica and ACDC. Yeah. So off the back, back of, let's be honest, that's off the back of Cowboys yeah. from Hell. They got that gig. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Abs- fucking hell. It wouldn't have been long before. Mm. They would have been the headline act at shows like that as well. Not yeah, after yeah. That, so. so, I mean, it's here's the thing about something like Vulgar Display of Power. What can we say that hasn't been said already? Um, it is a genre-defining album. It's still holds up by today's standards it's probably most I'd say most people's favourite Pantera album I um, think so 
I would say, you know. I think it probably is. It's, all, it's definitely the most familiar. Yeah. Um, it's the thing that made not just Pantera a household name, but also the individual members. I think that's when people started, this is when people started knowing who Dimebag Daryl was and all that. I don't think, I'm not saying that, yeah, yeah. I'm probably diehard fans knew Cowboys from Hell and all that sort of stuff. But I mm. think it was suddenly here, it was that Phil Anselmo, that fucking snarling yeah. case of a geezer. Suddenly people knew his name. You know, this is the guy you want to look like. So people were wearing camouflage trousers and all that. You know, everyone wanted to be, you know. Still. Pissed off skinhead, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And as we talked about the first one, we'll talk about the cover. Vulgar Spare. Yeah. Vulgar display of powers cover. I'm pretty sure I've seen articles by other sites, big sites and stuff, do like top like top yeah. album covers. I'm sure this is ranked really, really high because while it is plain, it gets across everything yeah, that it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty literally it's a punch of their face. Yeah. That's what it's meant to be. Yeah. The only thing I never knew with the cover, and I still don't know today, is if you look at the picture of the cover, yeah. I always wondered if it was Dimebag. Because of the Interesting. hair. Interesting. It looks a bit too skinny. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then it was back so long ago. But it's the flowing hair that you see yeah. going outside. Do you <laughs> want, it's probably not. But I always just wondered because, you know, it just I, was, I remember all the time ever having this album, looking at that and going, is that time back? It doesn't look like him facially, but it's hard to tell because he's going, because he's being punched. There's probably not. It's probably just like some random geezer off the street. They're coming in. Phil wants to punch you. So they didn't wait. Here's one of the things I noticed about Pantera. They were striking while the iron was hot. Yeah. And it's probably why we got so many good albums in a row. So 1990 was Cowboys from Hell. 92 was uh, Vulgar Display. And in 1994 mm-hmm. was Far Beyond Driven. Well, let's talk about first as it's in front of me. Fuck is that cover about? What cover is I'm looking you, at the blue you, one. Have you got the blue one? Blue yeah. one with the skull, the skull and the, and the drill. Yeah. 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 You're looking at a different cover. Well, I wasn't planning to, but that article came up there which says original cover which I can't really figure out what the hell is that a raccoon is. does anyone know what this cover is I've never seen There's this a, cover a green cover oh my goodness me I think I just figured out what the fuck it is what is it is that a drill going up someone's ass? oh I remember this it's a drill going up someone's ass. yeah I remember hearing this about this controversy yeah that is what it is isn't it yes yeah. a drill bit going up someone's ass. yeah oh I didn't, I've never seen this cover before ever oh but apparently it's the original cover not the blue one <laughs> oh, that's why yeah, you can the, the original store. artwork, a drill bit impaling an anus, was replaced quickly with a new image depicting a human head impaled with a drill bit. Oh, I, I, I bet there's so many people listening to this while we were just talking about it, jumping up and down the chair, yeah, going, yeah. "It's the fucking goddamn drill up the ass." But apparently, they have a re, the, sorry, the LP repressed by Rhino Records more recently uses the original artwork. Get away with it now, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> so this was Pantera's fastest-selling album. Oh. Did you know that? Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised by that because everyone's going to be gagging for it after Vulgar uh, Display of Power. It's also the first album where Dimebag, Daryl, Daryl Abbott, yeah. or Diamond Daryl, was credited as Dimebag. So the first time he actually came up as Dimebag was 94's Far Beyond Driven, the seventh Pantera album. Please don't put me down as Diamond Daryl <laughs> no anymore. anymore. Yeah, this isn't working. This isn't working. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of... Here's the thing. There's a lot of history about this particular thing. At the time of its release, this is when Phil... Got his ruptured discs, yeah. um, the chronic pain from his disease, degenerative disc disease. So basically, this is where he started hitting the drink, the drugs, um, and heroin to numb the pain. Yeah. Um, not a good song, which is actually what the song Unbroken is about. It's about his back pain. Um, fucking great. That's such a fucking tune as yeah. well. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of history about this one. This is, um, Jesus Christ, it's just a song. Every song has some history about it. It's, you can go online and read all about that yourself. We, Jesus. I mean, it's 12 tracks long, although one of them's a cover. Yeah. Oh, I forgot how good this album well. is. Oh, it really is. It. The cover is uh, Planet Caravan, Black yeah. Sabbath, and it's a really good cover as well. But I've looked at this and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot how good this album yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's what you do sometimes. You kind of remember like a couple of the hits from each yeah. one. But, you know, you, again, what you were doing on that first album, you can go like almost to nine. You think like, this is just banging track after banging track yeah you know those first four strength beyond strength becoming five minutes alone and i'm broken five minutes alone is such a great song as well and um, remind me five minutes alone had a video it's and a it, drumming, isn't it? It, it had a video it was black and white in a little studio and phil yeah. was losing his shit yeah five yeah that, yeah and it keeps it, it spends a lot of time camera no. focused on the drumming doesn't it oh i think that's unbroken i'm trying to think yeah yeah uh, five minutes alone is all about drumming. i think they're in the back of a van oh okay so the one i'm thinking of that i remember seeing was this black and white video and it might have been a studio of, um, it must have been a studio because there's no crowd or anything like that. And it's them doing, yeah, and it's 
Like I remember being wowed by how yeah. mental Phil was going. I mean, this is the dude then at the time when he was suffering from his back shit. So he must have been hopped off his face yeah, to get through that because he's throwing himself around like a lunatic. But yeah, Brendan's right. I mean, this is shit. This is is this their best album? Because this is this is no, it's, almost... it's, it's, it's not my favorite. Um, I don't think it's their best album. No, I think it's fantastic. I think this is the problem that was happening with Pantera is that you every two years they release an album and each album was amazingly mm. strong and. Uh, the upward curve was just too much, man. I mean, that yes, yeah, they too went good. You know, you said you know you went from from doing not even being signed to a label to suddenly flying out to Russia and being like supporting Metallica, to then the I mean that would have snowballed even higher, like much rapidly. By here they were headlining festivals, certified so platinum in the US. What happened in four or five years? <coughs> it's insane. They just absolutely too much too soon for them. Yeah, to be honest. But you know, it's brilliant. Um, probably my favorite song on it. Probably shedding skin. Actually, I love the song Shedding Skin, the bass intro. So it is so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's tough because I actually really like the cover, Planet Caravan, as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I lean towards Unbroken, but I look at Becoming and I think, God damn. Yeah, that's a fucking strong-ass album. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is Pantera at their, their height. I mean, yeah, they were, the problems were beginning to come, yep. but this was, this was big then. Oh, my God, and it actually... Yeah, see, this is it. You're right. Two years later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two it's years just, later. Everything just happened. So bang. The form- but you imagine they wouldn't have stopped. You know, they, would have been, they would have been touring the hell out of it. You know, it's not like they would have had studio time to record another album. So it's going to be literally from 1990 to this point where they haven't probably had a proper day Six, off. Six, seven years of In just- the middle of all this stuff, they're filming all those home videos where they're literally just constantly out of their face on tour, going up on stage and like, and they don't, they don't they don't take it easy on stage, you know, they go mm. completely berserk. Yeah, this was it's almost like, yeah, you're you're on fire and it's gonna burn out eventually. I interesting fact I've read about this and I wonder if it was a writing on the wall. Uh Phil recorded his vocals separately. What on the Great Southern Train Kill? Yeah. Yeah. He did it in yeah. um, New Orleans while the rest were in Dallas. Yeah. Mm. This was a... Uh, well, I think they would have been having trouble long before this anyway, but I think it was getting to the point where mm. I don't know. Relationships were failing a little bit, his we're his failing. issues were too much. Um, Phil's issues when I say his issues um, which you should already know yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, right so this is considered I think widely considered to be not not the least accessible but the the not like a, not like a downtrend from the rest of the albums but in regards to less accessibility like it's considered the most heaviest the heaviest yep. I think they're heaviest um, this is my favourite Pantera album yeah I figured as much because um, we've got to this point I um, didn't, there is not a single song on these 11 tracks that would get anything less than a 10 out of 10 for me. Really? I love every song of this album. So there's um, two I lean towards that I don't, not care if that's the wrong word, but I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about. And it's Living Through Me. Which is surprisingly my favourite Pantera song on this album. Oh anyway. really? Not and The Underground in America? Uh, yeah, probably the, well, it's not weak, I really like the song. It's probably the least popular one on that album. Yeah, so I like you're talking out of 11 tracks. But out of all the songs on that album, Living Through Me, Hell's Wrath is my favourite and then mm. probably Floods after that and then I can happily go and jump anywhere after that to be honest. Drag the Waters. Drag the Waters. Part one or two. But um, again, it's... The just... brutality of the opener, man. The Great Southern Train Kill, which with like about 30 seconds of just screaming. Yeah, I was going to say, they do the same thing. It's kind of a theme in all these albums. Your first handful of tracks are just basically fucking mm. bangers. Great Southern Train Kill, Warner, Drag the Waters, yeah. and Tens. And it's just like, whoa. Um, so this is your favourite... It's my favourite Pantera album. Um, not even a doubt in my mind. You know, it's not one I have to think about. I know it absolutely. It's weird that they throw out floods that is nearly seven minutes long. I know it's got like a, a killer guitar solo. Like, oh, it's a great song. Yeah, fucking brilliant. It's probably the most popular song on this album. Oh, uh, in like you know the one that everyone will know. Well, no, yeah, maybe yeah. Like, they might probably that and drag the waters. Yeah, yeah, which, that's true. Which, yeah, to be fair, are the two singles I think so. <laughs> and keeping with the theme, their cover is pretty substandard. It's just uh, what's well, presumably a rattlesnake. With his oh, tongue yeah, sticking yeah. out. Yeah. Um, nothing really to wear. Uh, nah. But again, very much what the album was about. Because I. Again, it fits it. It's that, it's that whole Deep South thing as well. Because I think this album, more than any other, kind of points towards the roots that Phil might go down eventually. Um, I think it's got more of that kind of Louisiana. It's more down tunes and more. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. From this album, you can start seeing how down could come to be. Whereas you couldn't see down from Cowboys from Hell. No, like you're right. You, yeah, you know, I've never. Yeah, we've, yeah, you're actually right. That progression in that direction yeah. is more 
not obvious, but more now you know down. Yeah, you and you know his style. The songs like Drag the Waters, Floods. Yeah. These are like that kind of style, isn't it? And then the Rattlesnake and all that sort of stuff. Like, it kind of he was starting to embrace yeah. his uh, Nola, the Deep South. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Mm. So we we basically talked about not the first four, but the four key. significant key yeah. Pantera albums because after this, we're fr- it's it's basically the end. But not before they released a live album in 97. We're going to talk about uh, official live 101 uh, proof because I consider this one of the greatest live albums ever made. Quickly, it's not all, it's, there is still one more album after this to go, a proper studio. Oh, album. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, in date-wise, we oh, did, right, yeah. Yeah, we did it by date-wise. Um, this came out a year later in 97 because we, well, the album, uh, the last studio album is Revent and Still, which yeah. actually showed a bit of a change for them. Well, it's four gap, four year gap between yeah, 96 and 2000. But... Um, so, 101 proof. Now, here's the thing. Live albums. We talked long and hard about... It's come up a lot in some of our reviews. I think I mentioned it again in a review of The Darkness that I did a, a few a month or so ago. Yeah. About how, for me, and we've discussed this before, where, for us, there's important that you aren't just playing the songs we can hear in a raid um, on the album. Let's hear the crowd. Let's hear the noise. Let's hear your fuck-ups. Make it so that I'm there. And this is an album that I feel is up there as one of the ones that really does that. Yeah. Um, and it's basically, it's a best of, but in a live environment with some unique takes as well, thanks to certain yep. jams almost, mix-ups and stuff like that. I, I, um, it's almost it's almost an album of its own rather than a live album, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's how I kind of see it sometimes. It's, it's um, not, I don't, not many bands have captured the same spirit yeah. uh, at all. What's quite interesting about the... I've uh, just gone into the cover on it. So the cover is like a bottle of whiskey. And it says live 101 proof on it. Um, did you know that it also has the number five on it? No. And the number five is the band referring to the album as their fifth official release. Huh. Which is them discounting their original releases as well. I remember that. And I just I remembered it and then I just read it here and it reminded me of it. So it can... has the number five. But it's that's Pantera themselves saying this is our fifth album. Forget about those. <laughs> well, I'm going to read a statement from Vinnie Paul, which basically confirms what we said. We felt like after seven years of playing live that we wanted to put out a record with all our best tunes, songs that have our own TLC instead of all that foolishness that happens when a band puts out a greatest hits album or some overdubbed live album. Yeah. Interesting. So, Very interesting. Yeah. So it really worth seeing it. seven years, yeah. Amazing. Right. So we're going to run down the tracks because if you don't know it, this is when you need to go check out. We're talking, it's, right, so we've got a new, a new level, Walk Becoming. Five Minutes Alone, Sound Blaster Skin, Suicide Note Part 2, War Nerve, Strength Beyond Strength. This is the one Brendan mentioned earlier on. Yeah. It's a mix of Domination and Hollow put together. It works brilliantly. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, it, yeah. be, it should be a song of its own, to be honest. Yeah. Um, this Love, I'm Broken, Cowboys from Hell, Cemetery Gates, um, Fucking Hostile. And then, because they wanted to, they put two new songs in it. Yeah. Where You Came From, Where You Come From, and I Can't Hide. Now, I'm not that familiar with these songs. So perhaps you'll be able quite, to enlighten them. I know them quite well. Um, they're not. They're not brilliant. They're, no. not, they're not bad out bad songs, but there's not like a, they're not. They don't stand out like the other standout songs do. They're just listen to live one hundred and one for the live stuff. Mm. Enjoy the other two songs at the end, but listen to it for the live stuff. See, the I reckon two. the version I got when I first heard it, or have heard it. Um, what? Well, but didn't have them because they're so unfamiliar to me. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So like, I, although it's not my like my number one live album because that's Sepultura, but. Um, it's certainly up there. I always think back to it and go, I can, I can hear yeah. those songs played like that, live, like how it's supposed to be live. It's yeah. like when you listen to, um, like I listen like we're, we're the off shoot, but like I listen to SNM by Metallica so much that for a while, when I'd hear the songs on album, I was doing the parts from SNM yeah, in my yeah, head, yeah. you know? <laughs> and as someone's, it, it, uh, you know, uh, it's that, that kind of thing. I think, mean, you know, like we spoke about live albums on, on a previous podcast and one of the things that, I moaned about out on some of the ones that I've either been to or heard is the way that you just don't really feel, hear the crowd, you don't yeah. feel the crowd. And I know that this album, like you, you, you close your eyes and be there. Yeah, you know yeah. that's what it feels like. It feels like it's alive. It's not been polished up, has it, or anything like. That. It's been left to be live. Crowd are deafening. Yeah, all the little interludes are left in there, so it doesn't cut or anything like that in between tracks. It's just this is the show, like you were there. Yeah, nothing upsets. I said, Brendan, I forgot we'd done a fucking live podcast, but you're right. Um, Brendan summed it up perfectly. Nothing upsets us more than polish. Too much polish on a live album. Yeah. So, which brings us to the final studio album, the final album from yeah. Pantera, came in 2000, the ninth and final studio album. 
18 years ago, people. Make you feel old. It does make you feel old. Yeah, it's not It's not brilliant. It's, it's not it's, bad album, but it's not like, a, you know, it's not like bad in, it's bad in comparison to the rest of their albums. Mm. It's a problem. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. It's like, I guess, with the, their problems were fully, not just happening now, they were public. Yeah. Uh, everyone knew about the problem. The people around this time didn't know if there would ever be any more Pantera stuff. Yep. I remember a lot of that going back and forward. Um, the announcement for a new album was like, great. I remember listening to it, and I remember pulling two, three tracks that I really, really liked, but struggling with the rest of the album mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Over time, I've grown to like more of the songs, but Appreciate I still don't a bit like more. all of them. Mm. I don't know if that's to do with like, you know, stuff that happens outside of the band as in like dying back dying makes you really listen to stuff and you think maybe I don't know, maybe you, you like it more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's different isn't it? I think I think the older we got maybe we went back a look because I look at it and I go yeah you're right and I think um, but then I'm like oh I like Goddamn Electric I like Revolution is my name I like we'll grind the axe for a long time yeah um, uh, Goddamn Electric the irony on that yesterday track don't title. mean shit's a good song yep and I'll cast a shadow but Hellbound's not no Hellbound's no. a really bad song it's heavy but it's heavy pointless heavy it's, Point, like, it's and it's so short it's almost like they were like well we just need to get lyrics, out there I don't understand the lyrics Hellbound to Fort Worth, Texas <laughs> uh, just, uh, like did he write it while he was on a train or something <laughs> I was just getting the train to Fort Worth, Texas wrote a song wow. I need Hellbound, something Fort Worth, Texas yay <laughs> it's costing me this uh, much yeah, yeah. So I don't really like that and um, yeah I, uh, I'm I, I can't quite remember in my head at the moment uh, uplift <laughs> or it makes them disappear um, yeah see that's how forgettable yeah they are. which is like not, not normal for me with no. like many people with Pantera stuff I have heard the bonus track on the Japanese Hold edition Hold in the Sky though. yeah I've heard it the, uh, it's another good yeah they do, they do Sabbath well yeah they, they do, do Sabbath actually. well yeah um, not the only person to cover that song either though are they no it's uh, um, Machine Head as well yeah and um, I'm sure Soulfly have done it too um, or maybe sets. I can't remember one of the two. Very covered. Well, I suppose Black Sabbath are probably the most yeah. covered band in history. But um, yeah, it kind of like it's kind of tongue in cheek almost when you see World Grinder acts for a long time. The irony is not lost considering um, it would be their final studio album. You know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like why? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard to. You know. So the uh, cover. Yeah, this is probably one of the worst covers Pantera <laughs> have ever had. Yes, it's pretty shit. Isn't it? This is this might actually be worse than Cowboys of Hell for me. I've forgotten how bad this cover is. So to describe it, if you don't know it, it's Pantera at the top. Right? If it was black with this Pantera on fire symbol, cool, mm. happy. For some reason, then we get flames jumping up and what appears to be a naked man holding guitar in the flames. The flames are covering his naughty bits. Yep. But that's about it. Interestingly, or I don't know if it's interesting or not, the cover art. This is how much effort Pantera put into their cover art. <laughs> Obviously, thinking the music can speak for itself. Mm. Um, the co- cover art is actually just a snapshot taken during the video of Revolution Is My Name, where they stop it, take a picture, and go, that's the cover art. They didn't. How little <laughs> of a shit it. did you give? Oh, that's So, brilliant. yeah, the first single of the album, Revolution Is My Name, the video of it, they just paused it at a point and went, that's the cover. That's... <laughs> Which is great. Uh, yeah, I kind of like that, in a way. Uh, yeah, like... <laughs> You know it what? shows. It shows. It certainly shows you. 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 you I, yeah. I mean, not that you, should, you shouldn't really care about the album cover anyway, because it normally it doesn't matter. No, I mean, it's cool. Music. Sometimes it's cool, isn't it? But. But. I guess there's no point now. They've done all that albums. They probably. They. They know. More they than know. Anybody else knows that this might be the last yeah. one, or at least they're going to separate for a while. Yeah. Um. They haven't put any effort in the covers. It's almost probably become an in joke to them, where it's like, let's make a shit cover. Mm. You know. Yeah. Very well. Much. Very so. I mean, that's basically their musical history. Now yeah. we're going to talk about individuals. We've got to talk about some of the big things. I suppose as much how much of this we were aware at the time, because the internet wouldn't have been as prevalent as it is now. So July 13th, 1996, um, and Selma, oh, this is Selma dying, briefly. Uh, he overdosed on heroin an hour after a fucking gig. Yeah. Um, and his heart stopped beating for almost five minutes. Yeah. Um, and this, um, what's call it, was basically... Um, a revelation to Vinny and Daryl uh, Dimebag. They this is where they kind of discovered that it was that bad. I think. Yeah. Um, and obviously nowadays it's no secret about Phil's drug history and drug past and stuff like that. Did any of this ever come your way back then? Uh, Do you remember hearing about any of this? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever would have paid much attention to mm. anything like oh it's really bad or anything like that. But I do remember talks of it. I remember the heroin. Um, like I said, you know. You, they were known for what they were. They were hellraisers. Yep. 
you know, in, in every sense of the word. I mean, they put live videos out of Pantera 3 and stuff like that, which showed them on tour. Yeah. And these guys weren't doing the fucking about. I mean, the stuff they did in these videos, you know, they're talking about setting fire to each other. Not like Jackass style. I mean, getting in cars and driving them headfirst, like, you know, pissed out of their face. Yeah. Smashing them straight into garages and then, get, you know, smashing the hell out of a hotel. I mean, they, they were Hellraisers. Mm. And that was part of the part of the appeal. It's what people appeal for. And I think uh, I remember people, you know, that it was known that Phil had problems. Yep. And they were drug problems. I doubt anyone knew it was that bad. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really remember him being in hospital. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't remember him being all over the news that yep. Phil had nearly died or anything mm. like that. Yeah, until after the album came out. That's, you... that's kind of when it was like known. Yeah, see, because uh, without 96, you were talking... Uh, still still dial up and shit like oh. that if you did have internet and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only way you're going to find this stuff out is maybe if you bought the magazines. Might have been something in there about it, but certainly doesn't ring a bell. Do you remember when they effectively split? Do you kind of, do you remember what the situation was or how it was? Because I don't, and reading up about it as I am now, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, this is how it went down. And it's really like, they were they were touring. They were going to tour Reinvent in the Steel and they had to count some tours off then Summer Brock's Ribs. After he fell off, right? Um, but they toured and toured and toured, and then they went in Europe. Uh, tour of Europe got cut short by 9/11. Yes, I remember that because I had tickets to go and see them. That Tattoo, Tattoo the, planet. the planet. Yeah, we'll get to live in a bit. Um, and they got stuck in Dublin, Ireland for six days because of things. The last show was in Japan. Right. Um, August 28, 2001. That was the last time the members of Pantera performed together. They went home. Planned to release a fourth home video in 2002 and record another studio album, but neither came about. Yeah. Because then, I don't think they ever like made a point of saying they'd split. I don't remember ever being announced. No. I don't remember that ever being announced that they split. It was just announced that they, it wasn't even announced. What was announced was that Phil's Down project was kicking up again. Yeah. Because by then, because Nola came out while Pantera was still uh, yeah. around. It, and I'll tell you, in 22, 2002, Down 2 so yeah. a year after you know yeah. all this, a busting head head growth was um, so released. It became more a case of like you know band members joining other bands. It's how you knew they weren't together anymore. Mm. You know, like Dan Bags now guitarist in this band and Phil doing Super Joint Ritual. Yeah, he released Super Joint Ritual the same year. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, I remember there being a long, long, long belief that they were going to just I don't know go on hiatus for a couple of years. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. They'd gone off to do side projects and they'd be back and it was all good. And it was only then after time, I just remember, you never really got any like proper information. You just got snippets of opinions. Bands started coming out. They started coming out and talking about each other and saying things about each other. And then you realise that, you know, they wasn't, they didn't need time away from each other. They hated each other. Well, so, that, well that's how it came across. You your know? information is, is so spot on. It's brilliant. You really know your shit. Because, like, so this is all news to me. Um, geek. I'm a geek. Yeah, so <laughs> basically, it, Vinnie Paul claimed that, and someone told him he'd be taking a year off after mm. um, the events of September 11th. So they were really frustrated and annoyed, the Abbott brothers, when they discovered Down was still active right. and a super job ritual. But Anselmo says that taking a break from Pantera was a mutual thing between each of the band members. And basically, the Abbott brothers officially broke up Pantera in 2003, right. the year of when their Best Of compilation album was released. Um, they, the, the two brothers concluded that Anselmo had abandoned them. Um, and basically, that started the war words. That's what started the uh, issues. So stupid, huh? And then, so this is the problem. This is where all fucking stupid people saying stupid shit. And Selma commented in Metal Hammer saying, damn, Dimebag deserves to be beaten up severely. Um, and he now says that, that it was tongue-in-cheek and it was just angered. And he was angered that the comment ended up in the cover of that goddamn magazine. Right. <laughs> As Phil, Phil still is learning to this day, yeah. if you don't mean it, Phil, don't fucking say it. Because if you say it to a news person, they're going to take that. They are. I just, you know, it, it's, it's painful as a fan. Well, like, and they're not the only bands who ever do this. Mm. Uh, you know, it's happened a few times to watch people falling apart when all you want to do is go and see them live or yep. whatever it is and you're hoping they're going to get back together and you're just watching them get further and further away and divided mm. and divided. And you think like, what you don't want is you don't want to have a band that you love and there's four people in there, three are arguing because Rex didn't really get involved in an awful lot. Rex was like, he, he didn't fall out with the Abbott brothers but he also played with Phil. Do you know um, what I mean? Like, I, I've got a snippet of a comment I have embedded. 
it was a but Rex Brown said it was a bunch of he said she said nonsense that was going on. I wasn't going to get into the middle of it. Yeah. So there you go. The grown up one of the fucking group. <laughs> but you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's like you think of like people that are your heroes, and then you're watching them tearing lumps out of each other and saying we're done, and you're, you're like, no, don't be done. Mm. <laughs> Come on, man, you grow up. Fuck's sake, you've been through how much? What, 10, 15 years of touring together? Yep. I get you might need time apart. Trust me, I get that. Yeah. Shit. And do like 12 hours with a person that need time apart from them. Never mind for 12 years. I'm going to ask a controversial question. It is a controversial question. And we, we, won't, we can't give the direct answer, but have you ever thought this? So, on one side you had Phil, on one side you had brothers. Being brothers, they're obviously going to, no matter what, stick with each other. Yeah. But also, you know as well as I do, sometimes in a negative situation, you can play off each other and build that negative yeah, yeah. Yeah, situation work. Yeah. And that, like, had, had, let's say, had it been a trio, Phil, Rex, and say Vinnie Paul, yeah. would it necessarily have gotten to this, potentially? It's impossible to know that, but do you, I've considered that shit because their brothers are so close and stuff. Was it a bit like, oh, It's possible, Phil. but then there still has to be an instigator, doesn't it? There has to be oh, yeah. one of the two brothers has to have a dislike or feel enough to be eat, egging the other one on yes say, you know what I mean yeah there's still yeah you are right in that front and I always got the I always got the impression and this is trust me I'm not pinning blame on anyone mm. I, I don't there's no this this podcast is not going to be about it's his fault or his, or his fault oh god no we don't know nobody knows yeah um, but I always got the impression that uh, Dimebag and Phil had the issue yep and that Vinny stood with his brother yep Okay, yeah, um, that, I that's what I got that, yeah. the impression from. I, I don't know why, but you know, I think even in the bits that you read out there, it was Phil commenting on Dimebag. He never commented on Vinny. Yeah. And the hatred between him and Vinny came, whether it's hatred or not, uh, after what happened to Dimebag. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you make a very interesting point. I, I would say what you're saying, what, what sound, like it's, it, it sounds, it, that sounds, and from what reading and what you believe and what you know, and what you've read and what you heard, and so on, all kind of fits together. For me, I wonder how hurt the two brothers clearly were. Clearly they were hurt yeah, yeah. by what was Phil... If he did say to them, look, we're just going to take some time off a year, I'm going to go recoup, sort my drug issues out, heal my back, and then he goes and stuck... We're not just talking small projects. It all down a super joint yeah. ritual. The it all two... depends, I've done it, because Dan already existed while Pantera mm. existed, so it's not like it was a brand new thing to Vinny and, and Dimebag. Well, right. I knew about Dan. But without knowing what Phil said, because what you know, you're right. Phil could have said that, and then they would have every right to be pissed off. But he also could have just said, "I'm going to take a year out. I need to do my own thing for a year, to yeah. recoup and do my own thing." Yeah, which is which, which is he, he could just as easily have said, which is completely open ended. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, we, we don't know. We don't know. The only thing I know for absolute certainty out of the whole situation is that both of them, or all three of them, but let's say Diamond Phil. Mm were grown men I don't believe this split came over the fact that Phil went off for a year and did his own thing because they didn't just call each other they just rang each other yeah yeah well, your relationship hey Phil so what are we bad. doing do you know what I mean so something it was already bad mm. for it to get to the point we didn't even speak to each Phil other Phil needed to leave and they couldn't even speak to each other yeah so something you know, do you know what I mean that wasn't the catalyst the catalyst had already happened that yeah, was just yeah. like the turning point oh, we're done with this now right um, same as I don't believe Phil saying in a metal hammer magazine like dying his head kicked in or whatever was the reason why Pantera were done forever yeah because I've watched their videos the shit they did to each other was worse than that on their fucking tours the problem with that comment unfortunately is is what happened afterwards but do you know what I'm saying the point again is like it's like what if if you know when GVHBL were like super famous and Metal Hammer do a feature on us and you say uh, in the magazine slip of the tongue oh Brendan's a bald prick yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'd do I wouldn't split up GBHBL I'd ring you up and go what'd you say for you prick do you know what I mean it's yeah. like how bad has things got to the point where that? you know what I mean you didn't even try this to resolve come, it this has come long before this I don't know if it was slow burning and it's built up all over since the Great Southern Train yeah. maybe with that stuff the drug all problems with Phil yeah you're right I don't believe for one second that what happened is that one day Phil said we're going to go away for a year he went away for a year he released down, so they got pissed off and they broke the band up and that was it. Up until that point, they'd all been best buddies and then that was it, just done. Nah, it's impossible. It still doesn't work that way, does it? Nope. So, we're going to have to talk about it. So, um, 
Vinnie Paul and Dave McDowell ended up collaborating on Damage Plan, which uh, people liked. I mean, yeah. obviously, I think a lot of people went in hoping for more Pantera. I didn't really get it. Nah. Um, and they released their first um, album on February 10th, 2004. It's called New Fan Power. Yeah. Pretty successful. Unfortunately, it would be very short-lived. Uh, I'm going to read out the entire statement, folks. Um, not that if you listen to this, you need to know it. But on December 8th, 2004, less than a minute into the first song of a Damage Plan show at in Columbus, Ohio... 25-year-old Nathan Gale walked on stage with a gun, shooting and killing Daryl, Dimebag Daryl. Gale also killed fan Nathan Bray, club employee Aaron Hawk, and Patera security official Jeff Mayhem Thompson. And he injured longtime Pantera and Damage Plan drum technician John Catbrooks and the Damage Plan tour manager Chris Paluski before he was shot dead by a Columbus police officer. I'm not reading that last name. I'm not doing that. Nope. Sorry. Go check it out yourself and see why I'm not even going to 10% say <laughs> in the podcast. No motive has ever really been given as to why Gail killed Dimebag. There's lots of speculation, people. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, there's a running belief out there that it's actually because he was angry over Pantera's breakup. Yeah. Um, that's the long-head belief. But interestingly, what doesn't get reported is that he may have been suffering from schizophrenia and that some of his friends suggested that he'd claimed that he'd written songs that were stolen by Pantera, which would tie into being a schizo, I would think. So, yeah, um, Dieback Dowell was killed on stage. I remember hearing about it. I remember when it came out. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things um, we kind of like that. Like, because we're so detached from reality in our country in the UK, um, we don't understand. We never, you know, we're not going to talk about gun violence or anything like that. No. But we're, we're, we're so detached from that in the sense that we don't have that sort of life. So for us, even hearing the idea that anyone could walk, you know, that... Yeah, being in a show with a gun. Show, yeah, yeah, is absolutely insane. Um, that anyone could kill an artist on stage and stuff like that, it's it's unfathomable. I mean, for us, it's the equivalent of being in a show with a knife, but we, we, how would that even happen here? Yeah. Like, how, the thing is, like, you couldn't even get a knife into a show over yeah. here. I, um, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, a few months back, I accidentally went into the O2 Arena with a butter knife in my bag. Um, I'd, it was from work. I tend to bring my company to work. Long story, because I don't trust people. Um and I'd forgotten it was in my bag and I was going down to meet, meet some friends on a meal and I had to put my bag for the metal detector as you would and the guy was like, you have a knife in it. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. And spent five minutes trying to explain to myself while a couple of police officers sort of watched from afar to see what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. But it's like that's just a button, you know what I mean? So like this gun thing, like, yeah, I mean, it's it was quite almost um, like almost not real. Yeah. Like what I think what oh, happened yeah, yeah, afterwards yeah. is what was more real and more horrible. The fallout from it, you know, between and this, Anselmo and, this, and stuff. And this is, whether rightly or wrongly, this is where the rumours on the internet came from. Because my recollection is that the problems between Vinny, well, they're already there anyway, but yeah. the problems between Vinny and Phil, they became irreconcilable. Because he believed that the guy had killed Dimebag because yeah. of Phil. Yeah. Because of Phil's breaking the band up because of Phil saying Dimebag needs his head kicking in because of all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure if it's true or even, again, if those statements are true. But that's what I remember at the time. I remember it being quite public that Vinny completely 100% blamed Phil for Dimebag's death. Well, apparently, well, not apparently, because this is, this is factual, this stuff, is Anselmo received a heated message from Vinny shortly afterwards, um, which, according to Anselmo, went along the lines that my day was coming. Um, so it, yeah. it had it had ramped up. It had ramped up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you read some of the things about it. There are some stuff that kind of make you a little bit emotional. Um, that Eddie Van Halen, uh, Don't Bend asked for one of um, Eddie Van Halen's black and yellow striped uh, electric guitars, the Bumblebee. It was pictured with Van Halen in the inner and back sleeve of Van Halen 2. And Eddie Van Halen had agreed to make a copy of the guitar for Dimebag, but upon his death, offered to place the actual guitar in a yeah. casket. You know, shit like that. So like, oh, that's lovely, you know? Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, from then it's kind of, just, it was basically done. Whatever, as I said, whatever was understated, what we don't know in it, but basically Vinnie Paul, when asked in 2006 about reconciling with Phil, said, absolutely not, that's it. Yep. Um, and then obviously began to stop work with Hell Yeah. What do you make? So we're not going to go through the, everything in between. What do you make then? We're going to jump a little modern time. In the, up until about maybe last year, for about a good while, there was a big rumours, big rumours about Pantera reun reuniting, but with Zach Wilde yeah. on guitar. Did you remember hearing all this stuff? I remember hearing it. I don't think it was ever real. 
Mm. I, 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 I just don't think Vinny would allow it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... I'm not convinced Phil would allow it. Um, while Vi- Phil and Vinny were obviously very much not friends after Dimebag's death, there weren't a lot that I remember of recorded statements or anything from Phil other than sadness uh, about Dimebag being dead. I'm yep. not sure Phil would have been okay with getting up on stage with somebody else being Dimebag. Yeah. I just... I, no, in my mind, I cannot imagine Vinny being able to play a Pantera song with Zach Wilde yeah. standing there playing guitar. I just don't know. I don't think it was ever real. I don't think it was ever real no. either. When the rumours were flying, I remember asking, like, I'll ask you it, why did people even want it? Yeah. Why did you want it? Like... As a one-off, like a tribute thing? Maybe. Maybe, but like... Maybe not like if it was just one man, though. I mean, if they did something, if they had done something like where it was not a Pantera show, it was a tribute to Dime, and they were doing Pantera songs, and they had different guitarists coming out to play different songs and stuff like that, you know, I could kind of get that. Mm. All proceeds going to some charity or another. You know, that's the sort of thing. What are they going to do? Go on a worldwide tour called Pantera, maybe potentially release new music or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just It, it would never have happened. I think it's a it's fake news. Yeah, my yeah. mate Donald would say. Your mate Donald. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking to someone slightly off subject, but I I, I couldn't believe this. I was talking to someone I fairly new that I met at work, um, and uh, I was telling him about some of our outside activities, and he said, "Oh no, let me guess, let me guess what you do." And he went, "Do you do PR for Donald Trump?" I was like, "What the fuck? Where did you get that from?" <laughs> oh, he was like, "Oh no, I'm just joking." But he was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like I I. I what the what? I'm like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that that was it. That was basically it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's ever been a real point of Pantera getting back together after they split. Yep. I don't think it was ever, ever going to happen. I don't even think if Diamond uh, hadn't been killed, I don't think it would have happened. I, I think things have just gone too far. Phil has gone his own route now. Phil had his own things. They had their own things. I just... I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe 10, 20 years down the line, maybe they reconcile when they go and let's do one more for the road, but I don't know. The thing is, you can never say never in that situation because obviously you only look at the likes of Guns N' Roses and things like that. Egos can be put aside. So 20 years down the line, but then we say that, but we're going to touch upon a modern day incident. At the same time, you know, we're not talk- we're talking as if like, oh, tw- 10, 15 years down the line, the likes of Fel and Selma are in, are in good places or doing good things. Only last year, he was embroiled in a massive amount of controversy. Yep. And rightfully so, you know. Um, where, well, if you wonder what we're talking about, he was obviously on stage at a show where he gave a Nazi salute and shouted out White Power. Yeah. And then tried to, afterwards, rather than owning up to it, and being an absolute melon that he fucking is, an absolute dick, um, and unfortunately for him, confirming what a lot of people already worried about, um, which was that he was potentially a racist, um... He then tries to pay it off as he was talking about white fucking wine backstage. Yeah. And it's like, you fucking idiot. Took him a long time to eventually apologise, man. Yeah. A long time. Too long. You know, but he did eventually apologise and, you know, what can you do other than that? Well, that's the thing. You can only... You, know, you, you can, can only... Fuck up and you can say sorry. And move forward and try and prove that you're, yeah, a better yeah. person. And that's not who you are. And, you know, Pantera have always refuted the claim, so I don't want to say that they're lying or not, but... Uh, there was always a hint of the kind of skinhead metal yep. to to the band. Yep. They may not have meant that, but there was. There was a lot of Confederate flags, uh, yep. rattlesnakes, you know, like a Phil's shaved head. You know, like, I'm not saying that, that, they're, they're, that they meant it that way, but you could easily take it as there was like that kind of racist undercurrent in the band anyway. I have a, you've just mentioned a Confederate flag, right? So I've got to read this. In a July 2015 interview with Rolling Stone, and Samuel, this is 2015, and Samuel spoke out against Pantera and his other band's use of the Confederate flag, claiming it was a mistake to use it on their merchandise albums and other promotional material. And Samuel said, These days I wouldn't want anything to fucking do with it because truthfully I wouldn't. The way I feel in the group of people I've had to work with my whole life, you see a Confederate flag out there that says heritage, not hate. I'm not so sure I'm buying into that. And Samuel said originally that Pantera used the image because they were huge fans of Leonard Skinner. Lynyrd Skynyrd, but it was never about promoting hate. That was 2015. Very yeah. interesting. People say a lot of stuff, though, don't they? Yep. I mean, that was pre Dime Bash, which is where the event where the yep. thing happened. That's the thing. I mean, that makes it makes it worse because it's a charity event mm. for Dime Bag in honor of Dime Bag. Um, and it's there where Phil almost over the steps is marked to the point of like it's all about Phil. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Um, I'm not sure. Like this Dimebash thing is a really weird thing because Vinny doesn't go to them. Yep. So that to me, does Vinny not approve of these? Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It'd be strange for if it was the Daryl or that sorry the Abbott family throwing them. Yep. Then you would imagine it would be Vinny and people like that there and not Phil. Yeah. You know, so the fact that his brother's not there is this like you know? I, I find it strange. Do you think? I mean, I always got the impression, at least modern day, that like Vinny, that those days were well behind Vinnie Paul, like his um, Pantera days and stuff like that. He'd been what hell yeah now for plus, ten plus years, mm. um, so like that's his band now. Like it's it's it's, it's worth speculating here. Of course, we don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, no, we don't know. You know. I just always found it strange that a dime bash, a thing that I know that Dimebag Daryl's wife was a regular, at, uh, and Phil was there, mm. which suggests that Dimebag Daryl's wife. If she ever held any malice towards Phil for Maybe. forgiving him, yep, or you know, whatever, that was a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yet Vinny was never there, and it wasn't Phil's event; it was a charity event held for Dimebag. So you would imagine Phil would be there. Yeah, I don't know why, but you just imagine that that they got so bad between the two of them that Vinny won't go because Phil's there. You know, where would you? Right. So where would you rank Pantera if you had to? in your list of best or bands are they in the top 10 yeah yeah they're in the like, top 10 I was just trying to work out whether they're in the top 3 or 4 yeah <laughs> um, I think in terms of the influence on my life mm. and the music they put out during their heyday yep. they are probably in my top 3 or 4 bands of all time in metal okay Go I on. think metal would be very different without Pantera having existed. I 100% Pantera agree. Um, particularly as we went through the albums, we're looking at them and stuff like that. It's almost impossible to not go, as we said, looking from go, how the time span was 1990 to 96, yeah. if we eliminate 101 Proof. Yeah. Four albums in a six-year period. Um, Jesus Christ, guys, I was... Yeah. When the first album was released, I released, I was six years old. When the last one was released, I was uh, 12 years yeah. old. Um, I was a fucking child and like I said now I'm, now I'm in my 30s I'm hitting yeah, my yeah, mid 30s yeah. and it's still a discussion about the quality of the sound the quality of the album this this whatever and I can't be unhappy that I, right, the events that befell eventually obviously but Pantera splitting I've never really seen as a negative purely because of what we got from it yeah um, and musically I'm talking about here folks yeah, musically yeah. we got down we got super joint ritual we got damage plan briefly even Hell Yeah, although I'm not a big fan, yeah. very successful, the very illegals. good. Yeah, um, the, illegals. the Illegals. Yeah. Have a <clears throat> There's been lots of little stuff like that that, um, that, you know, has been good for music as well. It has. <clears throat> uh, as a long-term Pantera fan, I would happily jack in most of that. I would have for, for that one more Pantera album or tour. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing more than anything else, man. It's like, I was going to wrap it up, but then you just reminded me. Um, yeah. So I mean, live. I've been a fan of Pantera for fuck knows how many years, and I never got to see him live. But you had that one opportunity. I had the one opportunity, and then fucking uh, old, old Osama went and ruined that one for me. <laughs> my, my mate Osama. <laughs> I don't even know if it was Osama bin Laden back the day, but it was the 9-11. Um, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I understand why, with everything that was going on, why they didn't come. At the time, I didn't. Mm. I, I understand it better now. I remember being very angry that they didn't come at the time, because... Three, maybe four days after Tattoo the Planet, uh, which was Pantera and Slayer, I think were headlining it, yep. weren't they? Come headlining it. So I was like, yeah, that would have been my first, that would have been my first time seeing both bands. Yeah. You know, back in the heyday. So, you know, I was bang up for that. Four, three, four days after that, Machine Head were playing. Yeah. So I remember I was, I was going to have a cracking week. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. And uh, at the time, I was really, really frustrated because Machine Head came. Um, and this is when they recorded uh, Hell Alive. Yep. Do you imagine my week that week? It would have been to go see Pantera for the first time, see Slayer, and then go to Hell Alive Machine Head at Brixton. You would have got to see more of that lineup. Right, so it was um, Friday the 14th of September in Birmingham, uh, Saturday the 15th in Wembley Arena, and Sunday the 16th in Glasgow. And the lineup was more than you, you probably remember Pantera and Slayer, yep. Cradle of Filth, Static X, Therapy, Biohazard. Uh, London only, Vision of Disorder, and Raging Speedhorn. There you go. Interesting. It's not a bad gig, isn't it? Mm. It's not a bad night, uh, day out. Day out, man, yeah. You know. But yeah, so, well, it wasn't meant to be, obviously. And that was the last time, it wasn't the last time they played together, obviously, because they played in Japan. Yeah. But it was the last time they came to the UK. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they said, come to visit the Queen or something like that. But they take <laughs> oh, pictures yeah, outside, pictures outside Buckingham Palace. <laughs> to be Phil doing his face. But yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll always be disappointed by that, but I am of the mind that 
like we were talking about with the Zach Wilde thing, I don't want to see it. Mm. Um, I don't think Phil would ever do it now anyway. Yeah. But now that there's no Abbott brother in the way, I guess Phil and Rex can kind of do what they want with the Pantera name. Ah, but, they, but they've been kind of doing, over the last couple of years, they've been chucking in the odd bit of Pantera and down sets yeah. and stuff now, haven't they, as well? Yeah, and, that, and that's something. That's different now, isn't mm. it? That's like Max yeah. doing it. Uh, your Sepultura at Soul Flag gig or whatever. It's, yeah. That's different. I mean, they are still out as down or still out as whoever they are at the yeah. time. Um, what I don't want to see, and I don't think they'll ever do it, is them to ever say we're doing a Pantera show mm. and we're going to bring in this guy on drums and this guy. The controversy alone and that will I don't be think he'd ever do it. And so, you know, it's a point of conversation because I don't think, I think Phil, yeah, you're right, Phil can be abrupt, stupid and a, and a dick. Um, I'm, not, I'm not kidding myself. Yeah. He's a racist. He fucks up regularly. He embarrasses the hell out of me sometimes. But I do love him. <laughs> I don't know why I, I do, but I, he, he was my Mr. Metal. Do you know what I mean? The epitome of Mr. Metal would be a picture of him in his cargo shorts with a gurning face <laughs> growling in fact there's Mr. Mel but you know um, I guess it's it's done now you know all, all the sadness now is on it's still so fresh isn't it for the uh, for Vinny yeah it's, it's only literally a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah. you know so uh, we'll see how that all plays out now I guess it's uh, I feel sorry for, his, for the family because take away all the music take all that out of it the mm. dad has buried his wife and two sons. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's fucking horrible, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, so we're going to... I'm going to wrap it up with two quotes. The first from Phil Anselmo. Um, what's call it? On Pantera. Uh, and back around the time of the great son Renfield. And Anselmo said, We've survived every fucking trend. Heavy metal, grunge metal, funk metal, rap metal, and we are still here. We put everyone on notice that we don't fuck around. Our fans know we're true right down to the fucking core. And Dimebag, make your heart bleed, put your soul into that damn thing and try new things. And that's it. Pantera.